everybody. Welcome back to Sweet Ladies Guide to Bro Culture. This is Gina Bloom, and this is the podcast for I, a transgender female comic in the L.A. area. Bring on some of my favorite funny ladies from around town and have them experience the best and worst and everything in between that bro culture has to offer. We're talking about dude movies, dude music. Today, uh, we are reviewing uh, one of the all-time bro-motional classics. <laughs> Good Lord, this movie makes men cry more often than I do. It is 1994's The Shawshank Redemption, starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. This movie, uh, while it scored a 90% uh, Rotten Tomato meter reading on, in 94, hmm. It did come back to uh, get seven Academy Award nominations, uh, lost, I think, all of them because this was the year that Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction were basically taking everything under the sun, and has gone on to become pretty much every straight man's favorite movie to cry at. It is, and this is not a lie or an exaggeration, it is the top-rated movie, top user-rated movie on IMDb.com and has been the top-rated user movie on IMDb.com dot com for as long as they've been keeping records of that it has never not been the highest rated movie wow. on imdb <laughs> that is the movie the we are talking about today the power that straight men have the power that straight male tears has <laughs> has kept this movie on the top ranks for 20 fucking years that is that's power that is that's power. true patriarchy right yeah. there all right and I'm so excited to have my guests on today. They are both parts of the popular podcast, The Bechtel Cast. Uh, my first time viewer has never seen uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Please say hello to Jamie Loftus. Hello. How are you? I am well. Are I am you? doing great. And uh, Jamie's partner in crime, Caitlin Durante, the the apologist for The Shawshank Redemption, yes. say hello. Unfortunately, I'm going to come in hard defending. I'm come in hard defending Shawshank. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. This might God. be easy. This, I, I cry. <laughs> own, I your, own your feelings. That's what Shawshank tells you to do. Own I, your feelings. Yeah. I cried. If I had you to, cry, you cry. Hope I had to pause, is good. make a bagel. Yeah. Mm. Cry, cry, cry. <laughs> also, my boyfriend dropped everything. Had, Love it. Which kind of ended up fucking up my day. Oh, no. And we're <laughs> currently in an argument. Because of Shawshank? He was supposed to get his phone fixed this morning. Now he doesn't have... And now he was like, but Shawshank, but Shawshank was on. Was on. I, have I turned to. on Shawshank at 8.30 in the morning, <laughs> and he missed his Genius Bar appointment. And I was like, where's your phone at? He's like, oh. Uh. Like, it was because we... <laughs> because of Shawshank. It really that's, drove a wedge. <laughs> that's the power of this film. <laughs> It's, that men will it's, kill for it's this men's film. all-time favorite movie. It was kind of like it really like, and it wasn't until I was like, was that the power of Shawshank that I just witnessed? Because it, it was just yeah, he dropped everything, mm -hmm. every like thing he had to do that day. It, he didn't feed the dog, like just it was Shawshank. Yeah, it was Shawshank. It was two and a half hours. The world was shut out. Yeah, nothing but the Shawshank prison mm -hmm. for those two and a half True. hours. All right, so Shawshank Redemption. For those of you, for those few of you who aren't aware of this film, it stars uh, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. They are inmates at a maximum security prison over the course of about twenty years uh, in the mid to, in the mid twentieth century uh, at Shawshank Prison, and they just learn from each other and they learn the value of hope, and they um, 
And they just hang out. It really, there's not a lot of plot to this movie. I mean, he's carving rocks. He's carving rocks. He's getting Um, beers for the crew. uh, There's a library. He's cooking books. He's cooking the books. He's cooking the books. I like it. There's there's like all callers of crime take place. (laughs) Every level of criminal behavior represented at Shawshank. (laughs) And yeah, so it's basically the story of, you know, male best friends. Uh, There's no, there's, you know, they're, they're forced together. Um, and they grow together over the course of 20 years and they, they learn from each other and they just hang out in prison and prison stuff happens until you get to the third act and you find out that Andy Dufresne played by Tim Robbins was really, uh, innocent all along. Mm -hmm. And then he enacts his, uh, top secret escape plan that he's actually been working on the entire time he's been there just about, uh, tunnels out. Uh, and also brings down the crooked warden at the same time, eventually escaping. And this is not a spoiler. This movie's you know, everyone on Earth has seen it now that Jamie has. Um, <laughs> you were the last one. <laughs> you were the last uh. one. Uh, you know, and he escapes. And then Morgan Freeman join, joins him, uh, you know, maybe a year later. And then they just live out the rest of their days on a boat. Mm-hmm. And it's like the most perfect distillation of, of straight male friendships uh, probably there ever will be I think (laughs) I liked that it was so straight male friendship that when you know that uh, Red and and Andy are about to hug it cuts to a very wide shot a very wide shot so you don't actually have to see (laughs) straight men hugging each other I was like there's wow 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 and for for a movie full of men emoting at each other there was no homoerotic subtext whatsoever between the two of them None. None that I detected. None that I detected. I'm usually pretty good about that sort of thing. It like, seems like they took extra care to be like... <laughs> right. Remove any trace of anything else. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nothing but friendship going on here. There's no, you know, Frodo and Samwise dynamic here. No, no, no. No, no none of that. None of that. No, no Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, mm. you know, secret lust going on. Yeah. None of that. Pulsing Isn't there muscle a, a, friendship. A Keanu and um, uh, Swayze in Point Break. Isn't yes. that another one they cite a lot? Is like, there's oh, so yeah. much homo Yeah, yeah, yes, up. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I feel like both of them are so inherently erotic in their presence. It's they just can't not be erotic with everyone around them. Especially right? Swayze in that movie because he had the sun, the sun dappled blonde going yeah, on. Yeah, his tips were frosted. Yeah, out. his <laughs> tips were frosted. He, He's his... got the haircut, I mean, of a hobbit while we're on the hobbit. The eroticism <laughs> wasn't maybe on the page, but you felt it. It was definitely it. on screen, though. It was <laughs> yeah. definitely smoldering. His, his, his tan was golden and he was, he was a golden god. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, Jamie, this is your first time at bat. You've given us a little bit. Uh, give us your first impressions of the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. I, I, uh, I, I, I understand why people like it so much. I understand why, uh, especially, I feel like, you know, Kaylin and I have talked about this on our show before, uh, straight masculinity, you know, there's, there's, I feel like this is a movie where they're like, this is a safe space for me. This is where I can cry. This is where I can feel things. Yeah. And this is where my friends will feel the same things I do. And we and we won't feel like, but it's not so much that it's like too challenging. It's like this very yes. specific zone. I feel like Moneyball is in this same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like it's, a, can... it's an interesting pull. Like, I'm so happy you guys are 
both of you are, are, are such students of film that you can actually pull in Moneyball. It's not, it's not, it's not been referenced on this show yet. Another movie my boyfriend dropped everything to oh. stopped cooking dinner in the middle of cooking dinner to just watch all of Moneyball on Blu-ray, which is toxic. I mean, it's I mean, a pretty good movie though. <laughs> but I liked, I did, li- I did like a lot of it, and I and I cried at one point when um. What's his name? Brooks. 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 That yeah. when Brooks died. Oh, I was wailing, I, sobbing. It's hor. It's like it's it's yeah. so horrible. Um. So when Brooks died, I I that fucked me all the way up. Um. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I just I just wanted for just one second just to derail back to Moneyball. Oh, this is yes. so fascinating to me. <laughs> I uh um I'm a bit of a math nerd. And uh, I really love the works of Michael Lewis, mm-hmm. the author of Moneyball, yeah. and his other sort of math geeky books. And like, I've always wanted to do an episode of this show where we discuss like a Michael Lewis book, but like, I don't know anybody else that's ever read one. I think, Ooh. I think I may be the, I think, mm-hmm. I, I think that yeah, may be too broy. I think, I, I think I may have like broed myself into a tiny corner there. with that. <laughs> what else has he written? Yeah. Uh, the Blind Side is his big one. Oh, okay. oh wow! Yeah, okay, that's him. So Which, a lot of stuff that gets adapted to film. A lot of stuff that gets adapted to film. Uh, the Big Short. Mm-hmm. Was, oh, okay. yeah. That yeah. was a. I feel like probably a fair amount. Of, I haven't. I don't. I don't make a habit of of, of book reading. Really, <laughs> they're very easy books. They're like two hundred fifty pages, and like he picks these stories that are sort of built around like pop culture puzzles like Mm -hmm. you know you have like the you know the financial crash or you have like the blind side wasn't necessarily about this football player going to live with Sandra Bullock it was about his particular position becoming useful to the modern game of football and why he was why he was like suddenly so popular when his particular position hadn't been traditionally so he so he doesn't write like soapy nonfiction. He doesn't write he soapy nonfiction. It's very yeah. it's very doodly stuff. It's like math, 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 mm. and then some person, and then and then he tells you how it relates to some human being somewhere, and then it's more <laughs> math after that. And like <laughs> that, that, and that little Oscars. that little broy part of me that still exists is like this is this is fascinating stuff. <laughs> That's how I feel. Anyway, back to Shawshank. Um, I didn't realize Shawshank was based on a Stephen King book. Although yeah. I guess yes. w- whenever something takes place in Maine, you're like, I guess it's, it's it pretty much has to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the only person advocating for Maine that I've ever known. <laughs> it's the of. only yes in power and pretty much like, senators from Maine are, don't even. I, I feel like Maine is misrepresented, you know, proportionally misrepresented in the popular culture because mm-hmm. of Stephen King. His output is so so vast and popular. Yeah, yeah they're like Maine is a terrifying place. <laughs> But it's like not for the reasons that um, Stephen King tells you. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's scary for different reasons. Yeah, I know. I've I've done comedy up in Maine. It, it was it was fine. It was fine. It was Little, fine. Portland's cool. Portland was cool. Portland is cool. Yeah. yeah, I think a college show I did in Maine once. I still haven't recovered. <laughs> still, I was like, how are these eighteen-year-olds so humorless? It's because they uh, live in Maine. It's, mm. Well, it's also because they're eighteen and they're college kids. Um. <laughs> All right. So, Jamie, it's your first time watching Shawshank. Uh, you've seen, you've witnessed anecdotally its power because it drew your boyfriend away from his genius bar appointment. But now that you've seen it, give us give us your sense of of the film as an experience. I uh, I was in and out mm-hmm. with 
this movie. There were some periods where I was completely gripped. I was yeah. feeling very emotional. And then when things sort of maybe started to get a little bit like, oh, we're talking with it. When it got into like, I feel like there's a few long stretches of this movie that is just monologues. Yes. And yes, there are a lot. It's very it's very Malikian after a, a, a bit. Yeah. It goes on. And at some points it's like, okay, it's been 10 minutes and like we have been here before. We've yes. revisited, we've, and now we're just, we're having this monologue in this decade and that's great but in every <laughs> yeah. decade there was like 15 minutes of, of dialogue and so that I was like oh this is okay and then I would you know maybe pay less attention right and then something would happen when things were happening I was thrilled I I, I thought that uh, I mean, there's like some of the tropes in this movie. I mean, the the uh, Morgan Freeman's character, like I feel like it's one of the worst examples of like a magical character of like, oh, oh yeah, no, nothing about this character. Yeah, and the, very and, little. Right, and then when I asked my boyfriend about it, I was like, "Are we ever going to find anything out about Morgan Freeman?" He's like, "No, no." And I was like, "You know that that's." He's like, "No, I know." Yeah, I get that. But it's Shawshank, and you're like, "No, that's not how that works." No, I, I liked, I liked Andy's arc. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I mean, I'm like, I, yeah, you know, he was innocent. I liked that that when the credits roll, it just says. You know, Andy Dufresne's wife, you're like, oh, yeah, we didn't know what her name yeah, was. Yeah, we did not. Uh, right. But <laughs> it did not even have a line matter. of dialogue. Uh, but but I, I liked his arc, seeing him crawl through all that poop was like very cathartic and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was every masculine thing happened in that movie. <laughs> Crawling through poop. <laughs> Crawling through poop, yes. Uh, rocks. Ro- yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> that's, when they first right. bought he's like, can you get me some rocks? <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's boy time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's boy time already. Right. And then he makes a chessboard. And then the I, I liked his relationship with the like his when he was mentoring that guy Tommy. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna get you into college. Gonna get your GED. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I liked all the bureaucratic like commentary. That was fun. I was like, oh, big movie that addresses the prison industrial complex. That's fun. I like it. I get it. There were some ten minutes I'd be like, maybe get rid gotcha. of that. But All you right. know, it's good. Caitlin Durante. Yeah. I I basically gave you all of all of dude culture and we sort of narrowed it and we sifted and for the gold and we ended yeah. up on Shawshank. Indeed. But what brought you what what brings you to Shawshank when it comes to dude stuff? Well, I I'll just give you a brief history of my Absolutely experience go for it. with it. I saw it probably for the first time when I was maybe too young to have seen it. I think I, if, if, if it came out in 94, I was eight. I probably saw it for the first time when I was like 10, yeah, 12. Pretty, <laughs> early. Pretty young, pretty young, yeah. Um, and I was blown away, but I just remember the the you know beginning of the third act when uh you know the warden's like where did he go he disappeared like a fart in the wind and he's throwing the (laughs) chess pieces around and we the storytelling has done such an excellent job up to that point of making you think that uh he might have intended to die by suicide because you know he's like get he's get me the rope oh (laughs) (laughs) sorry oh my god i think you said Oh wow! No, I'm gonna keep that in. That was fascinating. Did I actually say Siri or something? My phone is worried about me. Siri, (laughs) my phone is like, we gotta be careful. (laughs) She's even around someone saying the word. Um, (laughs) 
I love that. Sorry about that. No, that is that is <laughs> fucking comedy meds. fucking gold. <laughs> just, I love that. Just change my meds. She's worried. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, so there's all this nice plant and payoff. You know, we you know we we're not sure of what Andy Dufresne's intentions right, are right. Uh, because everything had been set up previously with Brooks, and we're like, oh no, is he going to do the same thing that Brooks did? Yeah. Uh, and all this great storytelling is happening, and then you know he's the the warden is flinging the the chess pieces around, and then you you get the reveal that behind the poster. There's the main female character, the poster. The poster, <laughs> right? <laughs> Raquel. Raquel Welch. Um, yeah. she, she's been hiding a little secret behind and, those foster grants. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and then I just remember the first time seeing this movie, I was like, Oh my god, this is the best thing ever! This is oh my god. So I uh, just had such a response yeah. to to that, and um, you know, you really there's a redemption. <laughs> there's a there's a, there's a Shawshank redemption. They've, I wish that they had said the Shawshank redemption. I know during the movie. <laughs> I just and saw that's, that's a Shawshank and that's, redemption. And that's a Shawshank redemption. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and they pay it off right away. They're like, Oh yes. What's the name of that painting? That's my French <laughs> accent, and that's me speaking French. And, and she's like, "Portrait of a lady." You're like, "Oh my god!" One oh, minute in, nice. They do that. Title significance right away. I love it. So we had this movie on um, VHS, and then on DVD. Mm-hmm. I I watched it all the time growing up, and uh, yeah, and then I I um, on this rewatch ended up. So I teach screenwriting classes, huge brag. And Love I was it. like, oh my Love God, it. there's so many things that I can use to like demonstrate various points. There's so much plant and payoff. There's foreshadowing. There's just all these amazing storytelling elements. Um, but then there is a part of me that it's like, oh yes, there are no women in this movie. None aside at all. from, yeah. you know, uh, we see um, his wife. Getting, his wife? Having, someone's she, having she's sex. she's credited as such. Yeah. yeah. I don't think uh, we ever see her head. We see <laughs> her head, but yes. it's while she's right. being fucked by a yeah. golf pro. Um, there is a lady at the grocery store that mm-hmm. Brooks works at, and she's like, double bag my bags, please. Um, oh yeah, she's mean. Yeah, I think she's, there's- she's <laughs> One woman on the parole board at the very end right. when um, when uh, Red finally gets approved. Yeah. Other than that, I'm like, oops. Not right. This is yeah. Not not <laughs> a female world. It is a it is a male prison movie, which right, which definitely cuts that off at least. It just it justifies it, it. justifies justifies the limited nature of the women in the mm-hmm. film, but it, it like doesn't necessarily justify. Loophole. Yeah. Feels like a loophole. It is kind of a, it is definitely a loophole. Like yeah. it doesn't. It justifies limiting the female cast, but it doesn't necessarily justify eliminating the female cast. Sure, Something right. I was kind of, I mean, and it's like it is a great movie. Like I, ha- I'll, you know, not dispute that. There were some things that you're like, there was room for Andy to have thought about women at yeah. different points. I'm, I was like, a grasping for like, how, how could we get involved here? <laughs> right. Uh, he brings up his wife one time where he's like, well. I guess I never texted her or like whatever. Yeah, the, he was closed off, right? Yeah, and then, but like he doesn't see. I mean, it's like of of course he's going through a lot and he's like been put in prison in spite of being innocent. But he like you don't really see him grieve her at right, all. Right, he's right. Sort of just like she only comes up one other time, and it's like I think 
at least 15 years after the fact at that point and you're like is he was he even sad, sad? <laughs> like did her family ever i guess that he was convicted of her murder they wouldn't be like reaching out yeah, yeah <laughs> but it's yeah. like she just doesn't come up Mm-mm. she comes up one time and then with 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 red's crime i i mean I'm like, he's just like yeah yeah I did what that. i did was fucked up right and you're like <laughs> what did you do we don't know. I, I think he murdered somebody when he yes, was like yes, a, was a young man. We don't get much context beyond that. Right. We know that he was in there for murder and he admitted to it. That's all we really know. Yeah. Good for him. Good for, for him. If, acknowledging for, yeah. his guilt. <laughs> so this is my first time seeing Shawshank. Um, really? <clears throat> no, not not at all. That's not my first time. I mean, it's first time seeing it in since the transition. Oh, sorry. I interrupted and that's why. <laughs> talking right over a lady, huh? That's fine. Um, <laughs> women interrupting women. Yeah, progress. <laughs> so, my first time I've seen it since, it's probably been about 15 years. I, I think I saw it um, some one of those, like, you know, man rewatches. Like, I want to watch Shawshank. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hasn't, I haven't seen it since all of the lady stuff has happened. And, um, it is. It's an emotional ride. Like, what struck me though watching it this time is because I wasn't as engrossed, because um, I because I'm not in like man world anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I am distant from this experience now. I was able to like be a little more critical of the film and it and like from a purely technical perspective, it's pretty stagey. Mm. It feels like it feels like a play that they've turned into mm. a movie almost. Yeah, yeah it feels. Um, it's like watching like uh, like fences or something that you know started off as a as a stage play. And it feels it still it still feels kind of stage because right, there's only like three locations. Really. Yeah, yeah, and it's not and like everyone just kind of sits in frame mm-hmm. and just waits for their turn to talk. Even though it's yeah. Roger Deakins. Yes, yes. Even Is though it? it's you know yeah. legendary cinematographer Roger Deakins and like Frank Darabont, who wasn't a big deal at the time. I think it was like his second movie or something like that, but mm-hmm. has has since you know was an a-list director there for a little while mm-hmm. um so yeah there's a lot of, there's a lot of technical talent behind the camera but it felt it felt very small and very um even like the credits and like, like the way the editing rhythms it felt kind of like a tv movie mm. like a little bit like yeah long shot of the beach at the end yeah <laughs> right the, feel, yes, yeah. the long slow <laughs> dolly out where it feels like feels like you know the end of murder she wrote and like the, the type <laughs> font i was like this is this is this oh, is like I a tv wish. <laughs> <laughs> but like even with all of that even with like the you know even with like the staginess and like the datedness of some of it i was still engrossed um and like and i knew going in that it was gonna it was gonna be like deeply homophobic mm-hmm. and like and i knew that and i was trying to meet the movie at least halfway with that because you know violence in prison is a real thing and like they're not going to talk in woke terms about that stuff in prison especially in 1950 they're not going to be like you should watch how you phrase that Mm -hmm. like (laughs) watch your mouth sir (laughs) that's right but even still like he does pay a little bit of lip service when he says that you have to be human to be homosexual or something like that so like even in 94 they were like you know what we are addressing the fact that you know not all queer people are are you know gonna victimize you right like mm-hmm. uh so i i was a little bit 
little bit relieved by that. That Can't, felt kind of progressive for kind of sort 94? of for ninety four. It, it, it feels. I mean, we can, we're already kind of like cutting the movie some slack here. Uh-huh. We're already kind of like giving it a little <laughs> bit more credit than perhaps it deserves, but at least it was that. It's kind of interesting. I mean, when I realized halfway through, I just like pulled up the Wikipedia page in the middle because I was just like, wait, I wasn't paying attention yeah. enough. Uh, what year is it right now in this movie? Um, but the as far as like Stephen King adaptations go, I like I like this better than when I don't I like and I don't even know. Hmm, my opinions on this are are, are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. But when Stephen King tries to write a female character, he like really doesn't usually do a very good job yeah yeah um, and i liked <laughs> yeah i, agree I, with I that. feel like he uh stayed in his lane on this mm-hmm. one very effectively uh whereas when he is and it's like but it's like you don't want to say a writer shouldn't be pushed out of their comfort zone yeah but i've never seen like when you think about like misery or carrie or like he does seem to think that women contain a lot of evil <laughs> And maybe yes, does, less yeah. Shawshank or Redemption. Uh, yeah. And and so I was like thinking a lot about Stephen King of just like, he, he stayed in this la- his lane on this one and it worked. And I don't think he should stop trying to write female characters, but it's been 500 years and he hasn't done a good job on one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did see, I uh, did finish watching uh, The Outsider on HBO, uh-huh. which is an adaptation of a, a more recent Stephen King book. And Cynthia Erivo was the lead in that. Oh, nice. And she's fantastic in there. She's great. She's yeah. great. Um, I don't know how much is that her fixing the role and like how much is that Stephen King thought of a, a cool character. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Couldn't you know, say. it's good though. It's it's she's great and it's yeah. pretty good. But like, yeah, you have you have to throw like a Kathy Bates or a Cynthia Erivo at his material to like get them to raise it right. for for women. Whereas like, you know, Tim Robbins is fine, but like he's no one's idea of like a legend. Sure. Yeah. What if what if one of us was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I did see him in my neighborhood recently. Really? Someone who looked exactly like some, him. Was it some him? Some Robbins-esque we'll character. <laughs> Could have been him. Hard to say. I never can identify Tim Robbins on sight. It always, I'm like, who is that? He's very tall. So he, I think that's the distinguishing he, factor. The man I saw yes. was very tall. So it probably was Tim Robbins. I saw he's Tim Robbins, classic everyone. Classic Tim Robbins. He's, he's a tall drink of water. And that's, <laughs> that's our Tim Robbins. <laughs> All right. We're going to watch the, we're going to watch the trailer. Um, Ooh. To the to the Shawshank Redemption, I I I don't I didn't actually watch this, so hopefully the video works. Um, yeah, let's watch the trailer, of the Shawshank Redemption, and let's see how we feel about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard all the evidence. I submit that this was not a hot-blooded crime of passion. Consider this: a revolver holds six bullets, not eight. That means that you fired the gun empty, and then that passes the Bechdel test. By the power vested in me by the state of Maine, I hereby order you to serve two life sentences back to back. One for each of your victims. So be it. That's a good Roger Deakins. Mm -hmm. Send you here for life? That's exactly what they take. I believe in two things. Discipline. Help me, Dad! In the Bible. Who's that guy? Here you'll receive I both. know that his character. I don't know that actor either. He, he got around though. I thought it was Voldemort for a little bit. Oh no, it's not <laughs> Ray Fiennes. Right 
I must admit, I didn't think much of Andy first time. This music is such a weird choice. This is a weird choice, yeah. Was this the beginning of Omniscient Morgan Freeman, or... I think it was. Was this the first... I think this is first of God Freeman. Someone was just like, he really shines in ADR. Yeah, I mean, he is... They can't touch. He is the dappled voice of God. That bird... Was it Jake? Yes. It's a dangerous thing. Damn it, Duke Ren, you're putting me to hide! Hope can drive a man insane. You better be sick or dead in there, I kid you not. I'm better get used to that idea. Oh my holy god. As it comes down this to This is a weird choice me. musically, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Get busy living. Get busy dying. Get busy dying. Get busy living. Or get busy dying. Did they, they repeat that? Damn right. <laughs> oh, is it? Damn right. Confirmation. Just confirming what Tim Robbins just said. That's kind of the whole movie in a way. Tim yeah. Robbins says something, and then Morgan Freeman's like, you know? That's right. I absolutely agree. <laughs> All right. That was the trailer. Uh, I think it was a TV spot uh, for the Shawshank Redemption back in the day. Um, I do recognize that musical choice uh it's the theme to miller's crossing a early coen brothers oh, film oh hmm. uh it's weird they would pick that very strange yes. yeah what i wonder why that happens because I, I feel like there are some like themes from other movies that you hear crop up in random trailers yeah i've heard, I've heard the th- like part of the edward scissorhands theme crop up in other trailers yeah, quite yeah. A bit. Like, that has come up before the, um the score from requiem for a dream was Played in a lot of Lord of the Rings trailers. You're just like, what is that transaction like? <laughs> yeah, like, how, how do you get from Requiem for a Dream to Lord of the Rings? I don't know. It was like other than the one fact of the that they rhyme. Battle <laughs> yeah. like maybe Peter Jackson saw it, but you're like, who makes that decision? I don't, yeah, it's like, get me, buy me the rights to the score for Requiem for a Dream now. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Let's 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 talk about Shawshank. Jamie, you you um. Actually, you both have seen a lot of movies. Uh, this, this, Thank this you. This is kind of in your purview. It's true. How did you go this far, this long, Jamie, without seeing this movie, though? It feels like it's one of these movies that you kind of get f- fed after a while. Like, it's just yeah. going to show up on your radar regardless. Uh, well, I don't... I mean, part of the reason that I... That, like, I... Like, the Bechtel cast has been great for me is just because I never... I don't know. I never had, like that friend or like neither of my parents were movie buffs. Yeah. I just didn't have that person in my life who was making me see uh, all, all the movies. So I had gone, I had gotten a whole ass film degree without really having seen anything. I still yeah. haven't seen The Godfather. I've not really had much of an interest in like hyper-masculine stuff historically. So it's like Shawshank. We have threatened to do a Shawshank episode as an April Fool's joke <laughs> for years because there's no women to talk about. Right. Uh, so there's no test. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I mean, there's still like, there's still a bunch of movies I haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, Caitlin, conversely, like, you I saw have... this early. I... Too early. Too yeah, early. Too early. I might also be misremembering. Sometimes, well, like I, there, well, there were definite movies that I shouldn't have seen as young as I did. Like I saw Jurassic Park when I was like a small child. Yeah, and, like... yeah, that's pretty intense. Pretty intense. <laughs> you know. So, um, but my my movie taste historically has been like 
bro culture to mm-hmm. a T. Like those sure. I grew up watching. I don't know if it was just like the influence of my older brother and like that's those were just like all the VHS tapes in my house, yeah. but like I just like ate all that stuff up. <laughs> I was like, oh, Indiana Jones, uh, uh, Terminator, uh, what, like all all of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I am now, um, again, thanks to the podcast, reevaluating mm-hmm. a lot of those movies. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, finding the problems with them. <laughs> but I don't know. There, there's just something about this movie still, even though it is um, essentially women are absent from it. Completely absent. Yeah. <laughs> Almost completely absent. 99% I, absent. I yeah. don't, it still tugs at my heartstrings. I still think it's a really well-crafted movie. Almost I, in spite was, of itself. But yeah, I would agree. There was some, yeah. there, I mean, there, there are definitely some weird choices. Like there's that one sequence where the new fish are arriving. Yeah. Uh, and, and toward the beginning of the movie uh, and Andy Dufresne is among them. And the, the, prisoners are all like placing bets on who's gonna like break first which new fish is gonna cry right and this one guy i think his name is haywood yeah he's egging on the person that he bet on yes and he breaks first Mm -hmm. and he fat shames him and then he's like don't like you're gonna cry and then he basically threatens him with prison rape right yeah Mm -hmm. and then he is this man is drug out by the guards and beaten to death. Beaten to death. Actual death, yeah. And then you see like a little bit of remorse on Haywood's face, but that doesn't really get explored at all. And then right. yeah. and then the and then Morgan Freeman's voiceover kicks in. He's like, Well anyway, Andy Dufresne <laughs> never made a peep. Never. I lost two packs of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, he's like why did you even just, include that? Yeah, You're just gonna weird gloss detail, bro. over this like man being murdered brutally. <laughs> There's this weird <laughs> neither fish nor fowl quality about this movie where it's gritty but not. Right, it's gritty, but it's boring. Yeah, it's, like, hmm. it's gritty, but like, like there's there's a there's a ton of prison rape in the first reel or so, the first like mm-hmm. forty five minutes. But they, you know, they shy away from from like what any of it really means, other than the fact that he has just some just some bruises, right? And he walks a little slow for a while, and then like, and if it had kept on going, Andy would have broke, but he didn't, right? Because right, he's fine. yeah, but he's fine. It's fine. He got beers instead. <laughs> Right, they're like, thank, they're like, thank God that he was an accountant. You're like, yeah. that's not the solution. <laughs> that's the, sexual accountancy trauma. is not the solution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's gritty, but it's not right. Like it's yeah. it, to a point. Mm-hmm. It just then it just then it just then it then it hard writes away. It's like it's like chicken soup for the soul, but with rape. Like it. <laughs> and that trailer that we just watched, like, really drives that home. I thought it yeah. would be yeah. like a darker, more just emotional trailer, but it's like the weird music, and it's like, yeah. and everything turns out great. And everything does turn out great. And everything does. Yeah, <laughs> that trailer makes you feel like, oh, it's uplifting. Mm-hmm. Which I guess by the end, I mean, the fact that the, the two protagonists make it to the yeah. end and there's a boat, you're like, that's that's yeah. nice. And they and they straight hug. They st- they straight hug. You can't look at it. It's yeah. so straight you can't even you see can't it. Avert. It's so far away. The camera from has you. to get away really fast. They pushed. They like Morgan Freeman was like Roger Deakins. You have to go yeah. away. You have to go. Like, Too much straightness here. Half a mile away from me before I will touch Tim Robbins. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This is like I f- I forget what outlet. I think it might have been like The Ringer had some kind of like. Um, 
document of like the history of like dad movies where I feel yeah. like this is kind of in that. This is definitely a dad oh, movie. Yeah. My yeah. dad was my dad loved this movie. Mm-hmm. He was he, we we my dad and I didn't see eye to eye in a lot of things. We we bonded over movies, mm-hmm. and this was one of the big ones. Yeah, yeah. like this is a movie where dads can emote. Uh, yes, yes. I feel like um, Field of Dreams is another huge one yeah, in that category, yeah. but that movie's so silly and campy. I have not like, seen Field of Dreams since I was a tiny kid. I, I haven't seen it either. I, yeah. only, I saw it for the first time only pretty recently within the past few years, and right. I was like, why does anyone like this? This is so ridiculous <laughs> and silly. Is Field of Dreams the same as Angels in the Outfield? It is different. It is different, but but they but they are but they are ghosts Base- playing baseball, baseball still. Ghosts. Yeah, yeah, baseball, baseball ghosts. Yeah, baseball ghosts. That's yes. pretty close, right? <laughs> There's there are far fewer kids in uh, yeah. in the the Field of Dreams one, oh. but so know. so we were talking about you know getting exposed to this sort of thing at too young of an age. Um, I was 11 years old when I saw the film adaptation of Glengarry Glen Ross. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what was that? What was that like for you? <laughs> was, Who showed it to you? My older brother. He was way into this movie. He was. He it's was, so boring. He was. Oh my god! It's it's so toxic and it's so <laughs> yeah. demeaning to men. And there's a movie that has no women in it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for no sure. women whatsoever. And like, but no, but he loved the Alec Baldwin scene when he's just like oh, always closer. be closing. always be closing. Yeah. Yes. So he's like, you got to watch this. And he's like, we're watching fucking Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and it's like, are you? What is? <laughs> what is? And like, I had already begun to feel different. Yeah. from like the guys and then i'm watching this movie and i'm watching this is what men are like to each other like <laughs> this is horrifying because <laughs> it wasn't it didn't feel because it wasn't it was heightened but it didn't feel heightened to my 11 year old brain sure. because they were just yeah. it, it wasn't the things they were doing weren't physically impossible like that's what terrorized that's what terrified me about mm-hmm. the world of men wasn't wasn't you know Jurassic Park or any action movie or anything like that? It was Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. That's what wow. I think that movie scared me off the <laughs> world of men <laughs> forever. It is a really like it is a scary movie. It's a very it's a scary. Movie. I don't remember it that well. I just remember oh. like they're talking and then they're talking some more and everything they're talking about yeah. is very boring and they're talking about business. And they're like, and then money, and always be closing, blah, blah. And it's just like, what is the plot? Yeah. There's no plot. Well, the stakes are that they have to sell, and only the top two sellers get to keep their jobs. Oh, right. So if you don't sell, you lose your job, and you know, then they get desperate. And then like Jack Lemon is there. And Jack Lemon is there. Oh, sad. Is there. I feel like yeah. sad. Maybe ja- he's one who doesn't get to keep his job. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, and but- Jack Lemon is like the <laughs> archetype of that like Simpsons character that is like the failed salesman that they yeah. <laughs> they bring on every now and then. So <laughs> So yeah, that was the that was the movie that I saw that was I was too young for. Sure. And I think and, and I was already feeling not very masculine to begin with. I was like this is not the world I want to be in at all. <laughs> Like yeah, hell yeah! I mean, I, that's why movies are important. Yeah, they will They're... help us figure out our identity. Yeah, yes. I could say that's not something that we talk about a lot. Is like movies can like steer you in the right direction as well as, as the... be like this is not you know yeah, if this is not for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, there's been I'm trying to think of an example, but there's definitely movies I've seen that I'm like, no, oh, this is not this is not my world. Yeah. Cool, good to know. And like men will talk about like prison movies, Shawshank, one of them being like a deterrent for crime like i don't want to you know go to prison and get you know you know you know violated because you know what happened in shawshank like they men will use this movie 
and like Midnight Express and movies like it as like their own sort of like instructional how to be a good person. Like, like this, a mor- is, this is my moral code. This now, is my moral code. Yes, I don't want to be in prison. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mean, want to have to crawl through all that, that poo Religion is. <laughs> but... <laughs> you don't want to have to crawl through poo poo. You don't want to crawl through poo poo. Yeah. Don't commit crimes. Don't commit crimes. <laughs> exactly. I wonder if the reason, one of the reasons I love Paddington 2 so much is that it basically lifts the whole idea of like uh, a man reforming a prison (laughs) from Shawshank Redemption. And I had such an attachment to that. Interesting. I didn't. I didn't realize. I haven't seen Paddington 2, so... Oh, you gotta good. see Paddington 2. I've too. heard so much good stuff about it. <laughs> I've heard so much good stuff about it. I, it's on my it's list. It's an allegory yeah. for prison reform. I like I like the message of, of prison reform uh, that you get out of out of this movie. I, I like like that side of it, I think, is very cool. Um, and it's weird, too, because it's like it came out in 94, which is yeah. when, like, you know, like incarceration was going... Up. Yeah, yeah. So, this was like you know the height of like the Clinton administration at this point. Yeah, like the crime strike right. down, and a lot of people are being put into jail for no reason. So you're like, yeah. oh, I bet that there was a huge audience that were also like not feeling. Yeah, I'm good. sure, and it's a very conservative film in that you know nothing sort of unjesusy happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although to me, there's the movie. In, like kind of indicts the like hypocrisy of the warden being like a man of God. He loves the Bible. He's always yeah. quoting the Bible. Um, but church people love out. to do that, though. Church people love to sure. indict church people. Like yeah. that's... They're like, I'm not that kind. <laughs> yeah, of I'm not that person. kind of. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, because you know, and I I grew up in a conservative Catholic family, and like my mother loved to like compare herself to oh, this person's not churchy enough <laughs> yes exactly <That's laughs> or like the wrong kind of church it's a very churchy thing to do to be like uh-huh. mis- you're misusing the bible there yeah it's, <laughs> it's the most churchy thing of all i think i did like when tim robbins sent the bible back you're like oh, oh that's oh, the good <laughs> the plants the payoffs yes that's gorgeous <laughs> it's so i mean the screenwriting stuff in this movie it is like a very well crafted screenwriting yeah. like screenplay but <laughs> Almost for me, so much that you're like, if you know what the thing of a screenplay is, there it's almost like too clear. It's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a little bit on the nose with the Sid feel. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. Morgan Freeman literally says at one point, like he seems like he's at his low point, and you're like, um, <laughs> hello, like I know what that That's means. Right. Looks like we're finally and <laughs> mercifully in the third act it's of like, this movie. Now it's time for an act three transition. Uh. <laughs> But but yeah, the plant and payoff was 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 really good. Where, it's exciting. Where when it. Tim Robbins is like, "Can I have rocks?" and I like turn to my boyfriend, I'm like, "But we're gonna see those rocks. Those again rocks later. are gonna <laughs> come in, aren't they?" He's like, "Oh, we're gonna see the rocks again." You know, it's like, Jesus oh, and then the moment when you realize, if you've seen the movie twice, you were like, "Oh, the part where the warden comes in, takes the Bible that Andy is keeping his rock." Uh, knife thing in what's it called rock hammer yeah his rock hammer is the word right. <laughs> thank you so much Um, and he almost forgets to give it back and it's like oh he probably would have discovered the rock he would never have been right. able to burrow out of there also mm-hmm. this movie relies on a lot of like very convenient things oh yeah to, absolutely to work yeah like, right. it, a lot like, of coincidences yeah right exactly Andy Dufresne just happened to be in the cell against a wall that no other cells were near him on that other right. side. And he happened to be an expert in rocks that knew that right. this was a rock he could, <laughs> he could dig through. <laughs> also, okay, he like bashes the the pipe filled with all the poo. Yeah. 
I guess we don't. We like he widens the hole right. of the pipe off screen because he just like makes a tiny little. Yeah, thing. it's definitely not a body shape. But hole. I'm like, yeah. I guess I don't. I'm like, how did he fit through there? But he crawls through the poo poo. <laughs> he crawls. He, he crawls, and the poo poo tube is big enough to support a man. Y- yes, yeah. it's a prison. <laughs> yeah. It's a prison. Well, men be pooping. Men all be the pooping, time. but they have like to have the pipes to withstand. But all like the poop. they built this prison, and they were never like. This prison is big enough. This pri- this shit tube is big enough to fit a man through, right. and we have a prison above it. Like they right. where people yes. are trying to escape right. from. Yes. yes, from time to time, uh, you'd imagine. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I like the plot sewage tube. <laughs> yes, that's good. There, yeah. There's a lot of things. I mean, but the, but that montage is very satisfying at the end, where you're like, remember this item that he had? Yeah, well, yeah. Guess what? You're, yeah. You're like, okay, that's pretty. Very cool. classic screenwriter stuff there. In fact, I, I think, I think what I picked up on is is how much that stuff is not done. Like, I think the '90s, that era where they really sort of like deconstructed all of the 70s stuff and, and wrote books about it i think mm-hmm. that's when that stuff got really sort of like calcified and now we're like now like you have like shared universes and like the three x structure is like not so much of a concern like mm-hmm. like avengers endgame has no act structure whatsoever or there's like 10 like acts yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so like so like that sort of thing that that was kind of like that that was the height of that type of writing i think mm-hmm. yeah for sure. All right, we're gonna watch uh, another scene, and then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna give our final thoughts on uh, the Shawshank Redemption. I wanted to wanted to play the rooftop scene. Mm. Uh, it's three minutes. We'll, we could we'll probably fade it out at some point before that, but I did want to play this rooftop scene real quick. It's a good one. Which we will discuss all of that in just a sec. Oh, this is what you he's like. Funnier sucking my dick with no teeth. What I mean is, do you think she'd go behind your back, try to hamstring? A lot of good old timey hats. <laughs> a lot of old timey hats going on. Do they used to give you those hats? Well, Roger Deakins. I know. The IRS allows a one time only gift to your spouse for $60,000. Oh, shit. Tax free? Tax free. IRS can't touch one cent. You're that smart banker would kill his wife, aren't you? Why should I believe a smart banker like you? So I can end up in here with you? It's perfectly legal. Go ask the IRS. They'll say the same thing. Actually, I feel stupid telling you this. I'm sure you would have investigated the matter yourself. Yeah, fucking A. I don't need no smart wife killing banker to tell me where the bear's sitting in the buckwheat. Of course not. But you do need someone to set up the tax-free gift for you. And that'll cost you. A lawyer, for example. A bunch of ball-washing bastards. Right. I suppose I could set it up for you. That would save you some money. You get the forms, I'll prepare them for you. Nearly free of charge. I'd only ask three beers apiece for each of my co-workers. <laughs> co-workers, get him. That's basically unionizing. Like a man mm-hmm. working outdoors feels more like a man. He is pro-union. You have a bottle of suds. Bottle of suds. Sir. What are you, Jimmy, staring at? Back to work. Let's go work. And that's how it came to pass. Ah, there we go. That on the second to last day of the job, second to last, why not the last? Factory roof in the spring of '49 wound up sitting in a row at ten o'clock in the morning, 
drinking icy cold Bohemia-style beer, courtesy of the hardest screw that ever walked a turn at Shawshank State Prison. Drink up while it's cold, ladies. The colossal prick even managed to sound magnanimous. We sat and drank with the sun on our shoulders and felt like free men. Oh, Hell, we could have been tarring the roof of one of our own houses. It's like you could hear what he's we saying. We were the lords of all <laughs> creation. As for Andy, he spent that break hunkered in the shade, a strange little smile on his face. Yeah, we can see it. You don't need watching to watching the strangers. Right, he's narrating the scene that we're watching. It's right. a bit much. There's yeah. so many times that Red is just saying in narration, like. And he's hey. not like the other boys. <laughs> he's really not. Not thanks. No. Gave up drinking. He's like, wow, you really aren't like the other boys. You could argue he'd done it to curry favor with the guards. Or maybe make a few friends among us cons. Me, I think he did it just to feel yeah. normal again. If only for a short while. All right, that was the rooftop scene. Obviously, you know, this film lives or dies on Morgan Freeman's vocal talents. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah. Like, yeah. as much as March of the Penguins does. Yeah, yeah, as much, right, as much as March of the Penguins. Um, Morgan Freeman, not the greatest dude in the world, from no. what I understand. Uh, it it doesn't it's, seem that way, yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those, like, post-Me Too things where, like, you... You get these guys that were like venerated, and then you find out that they're just not great people. I feel like, and no, not a lot of people are really talking about his like no, sexual not misconduct. hardly at all. No, very rarely got, comes up. He kind of managed kinda to got, get out of it. Yeah. yeah, I think that his story broke around the time that there was a lot happening at once, mm -hmm. and that his just maybe wasn't as covered. Or... And it wasn't like at the like Weinstein esque level of like right, you know, like like there was the threshold being established that mm -hmm. there's things that we'd get concerned about and things that we wouldn't and he didn't meet I think that quite he was, that threshold. He's he's kind of closer to like the Joe Biden side of Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I and also like, wonder how much of it has to do good. that's very bad. Right. Yeah. With like him being just such a beloved iconic person that people were like more willing to give him a pass. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't case know. To case. Yeah. Uh, watching that IRS scene back, you kind of like, this is like a very jaded read of Shawshank. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take away, you know, Andy's redemption. That's good. But the fact that like the one person who gets out is like an upper crust, rich white guy <laughs> yeah. who was innocent the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, like how much of a statement is that really? Yeah. The rich white guy got out and yeah. he had and of yeah. course he had money waiting for him when he got out well, right. he, like, he got to be rich over again three hundred thousand yes. dollars in, in like 1970s money. yeah yeah and, and and it's just like yeah i mean i didn't i sort of felt that when i was watching but then watching that you're just like oh yeah like all of the privilege he has like in terms of being more educated and like all this stuff yeah. like i mean he does like at least leverage it in favor of the prisoners by opening up the library right and those suds bottles that he gets some like <laughs> <laughs> he does give back and like uses his privilege for good, but then it's like he's the only person who gets out, and it's he's statistically yep. the person most likely yeah. to get out. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and he's the one with the most like you know structure waiting for him too. <laughs> All right, we are just about out of time. Jamie Loftus, give us your final analysis of the Shawshank Redemption. I liked it. I will probably never watch it again. In I my get that. Life. Yeah, yeah, but I liked it. 
Did you learn anything about the world of men having seen that? It's it's as it's as straight male as they come. I did. I feel like there is a lot of like little uh little uh baits that you see thrown in in movies made to emotionally manipulate men yeah. that are like this seems like a template in a way for Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> that. So I felt like educated in like Oh, okay. These are the ways that, because I feel like there's a lot of value in having movies where, um, you know, men that are maybe trapped inside of their expectations of masculinity feel like they can, you know, mm-hmm. get a little wiggle room and open up. So it felt like a, an interesting template to watch. And just Brooks, man. And Brooks. I'm never yeah. going to be that's, sad about Brooks. That's, that's a hard one. All right, mm-hmm. Caitlin, this is on this watch. <laughs> did you learn anything new about the world of men? Any Any final thoughts? I suppose I was watching it more through the lens of how we tend to do it on the Bechtel cast yeah. where, you know, it's a more just sort of intersectional and feminist analysis and which is hard to do. It's hard to do for with, with no women in it. Right. Women in it. But, uh, you know, we also take, you know, toxic masculinity and things like that into right. the into consideration. And I felt like we mentioned it's not I don't think it, it's uh, it's a movie targeted to, you know, the certain the, the demographic of. Mm hmm. You know, men folk and stuff, but um, men folk and, men stuff. Folk and stuff. Said Caitlin <laughs> uh, plus a young, like ten-year-old uh, Caitlin, because um, I also <laughs> really enjoy it. Um, it's not super challenging to the people who it's targeted toward, but yeah. I also appreciate that because the movie is largely focused on a male friendship, and it's not. As far as I could really tell, a toxic French. It it seems mm-hmm. like you know they're some monologue based friendship, right? <laughs> right. They're not, not hurting anyone. <laughs> so I appreciated that because we've covered several movies where there is a toxic male friendship, and uh, you know those are probably influential for you know the people who are watching them. So it, be, this being such a popular and beloved movie, and it not having like the level of toxicity that yeah. a lot of movies do have. Um, I think that's one of the reasons I can still enjoy it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, from a screenwriting perspective, mwah, love it's, it. Yummy. You know, it's solid. It is. I, I said it was stagey earlier, but that that's not necessarily a knock. There are a lot of really great stage plays. Fences is a great stage play. Mm-hmm. Doubt. Um, doubt. Doubt. Yeah. And they, they become stagey when they're, when they're blown up for, for the screen, but they're great literature and they're great works of, of stagecraft mm-hmm. in and of themselves. And I, I think that even though it's not based on a play, it feels like it was. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. My final analysis, uh, I, this podcast has not been going all that long. So we're midway through our second season. So this is about 50 movies I've seen for this. Mm-hmm. And this was the first that made me tear up. Mm-hmm. My first movie that made me cry a little bit. And I cried mm-hmm. during That's this nice. scene, actually. is why I oh, played wow, it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, because um, I was thinking about, you know, the, the guy that I used to be. Not to misgender myself, but, you know, <laughs> everyone saw a guy there. And... They would talk about me in the way that they, people talk about Andy Dufresne. Uh, I was bookish, mm-hmm. a little reserved. People didn't really know where I was coming from. They thought I was maybe snobby, shy, whatever. And and I had that faraway look in my eye, and like I could never really place it. And like, and I'm watching the, like this emotionally like manipulative prison movie, and I'm remembering <laughs> that that how I used to be, and I'm like, that was me. I was mm. Andy Dufresne. 
and the prison was masculinity and <laughs> Whoa. and like i had to crawl exactly i had to crawl through shit to get out <laughs> of it just like andy and like i i feel like such a fucking dork tearing up over no. this but like it was true it was like you, come on like are you really this are you really this mopey and emotional now that the Shawshank Redemption reminds you of being transgender? Like, is this, is this the person that estrogen has made you? But it is. It is. That's what happened. So I started tearing up thinking about the the this quiet dude that I used to be. And he had that faraway look in his eyes. And he would sit apart from the men, too, and not and not join in and just sort not of, like, observe. Not drink the Not drink the suds. Just, suds. Just, you know, relating to the best of his ability but still not being among the group. And mm-hmm. like, that's, that's what it reminded me of. And it reminded me of the journey that I've taken. And like, now I'm, you know, on my own little Mexican boat somewhere, <laughs> metaphorically <laughs> With, speaking. I was like, was there $370,000 on the other side <laughs> there, of prison? <laughs> you know, I, no, there was not. <laughs> but like, other than that, it's, it's, it's very similar. Uh-huh. It's, other than that, it's very similar. All right. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, Jamie, Caitlin, if they're listening to this podcast, they already know where to find you. But Jamie, tell us, uh, tell everyone on the internet where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help uh, or on the Bechtel cast every Thursday. Yeah, mm-hmm. And Caitlin, uh, the same, please. Let everyone know where they can find you. Sure. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Caitlin Durante. And on the Bechtel cast as well. Indeed. Yeah. And as always, I am Gina Bloom at Gina Bloom, J-E-E-N-A-B-L-O-O-M on all social media and every Thursday here as well on Sweet the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture. Uh, thank you to my guests and thank you to everyone out there. Uh, I, you know, I usually end on like a quote from the movie, but like there's so much fucking voiceover. <laughs> Can I, I share my favorite? Yes, go quote. for it, please. And it's barely a quote because it's like yeah. buried in the background. But um, it's like that first night when Andy Dufresne's in prison and they're yeah. egging on the new fish and, and stuff like that. Uh, and the guy's like, I don't want to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. Get me out of here. And someone in the background's like, yeah, they run this place like a prison. And it's like <laughs> this really funny joke that this like prisoner makes. Yeah. But it's like buried but when you watch it with subtitles it's pretty it's pretty funny you notice it and it's that's pretty, right. pretty funny well they run this place like a prison <laughs> i guess swish. that's what, <laughs> swish indeed <laughs> all right thank you have a good day